again with inflation. The Fed has been keeping everyone on their toes with a rapid tapering of asset purchases and initiations to re-hike rates. So what should investors do to pad their portfolios? Hi, I'm Sarah Chia from Bond Supermart. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series where we share with you about newborn issues and hold discussions on the fixed income market. So, you know, sometimes I feel like we've gone one round and back with this whole issue on inflation. I remember early last year um, when we had our Recommended Bonds webinar, you know, it, that that itself was really centered on inflation. Um, of course, within a span of a year, a lot has happened. We've got a lot more data now. We've, we can see how much inflation has gone up, whether it's really transitory or not. Um, and we're in a better position to, to look at the impacts of it. So with all that talk about inflation, today we have with us Dexter Tan, Senior Fixed Income Analyst from IFAS Singapore, to share his thoughts on, on something slightly different. So today I want to understand whether you know you can really have you can really use bonds to beat inflation. So hi Dexter. Hey Sarah. I mean it's been some time since we last talked, but it's good to see you again and good to talk to you again. Thanks, Dexter. So, you know, very quickly, could you just start us off by giving us a quick economics class and explain to our listeners how tapering bond purchases could actually help the economy and why is the Fed scaling back um, their efforts on bond purchases? Yeah, sure. Um, so the Fed is actually uh, scaling back bond purchases to address inflation. Mm. Um, one of the Fed's uh, mission is actually to promote uh, stable prices, uh, maximum employment, and even moderate uh, long-term interest rates uh, in the economy. So consumer prices, uh, as you know, has been increasing at an alarming rate. Uh, so the Fed has to decrease uh, the bond prices to actually control inflation. So decreasing bond purchases will uh, cost lesser money uh, to be circulated in the economy, and this would increase uh, borrowing costs for individuals and companies and that will have an effect on treasury yields and to a certain extent uh, create a U- stronger U.S. dollar. So higher yields um, would make uh, U.S. dollar denominated assets uh, more attractive. And then commodities uh, in return will become more expensive and that will have a negative uh, effect for the demand for commodities. And as demand falls, uh, inflation uh, should in theory uh, moderate. Yeah. In theory is, is yes. the key there. So um, the Fed also said that they, you know, they're going to phase out their bond buying stimulus program by March, um, which is much faster than what they planned and clearly much faster than what the market expected. They also signaled that they would raise interest rates more aggressively to combat high US inflation. And these projections include three and you know now some say four uh, quarter percentage point interest rate increases this year, followed by three more in 2023 and two more in 2024. So what do we expect? Um, how how do we expect these increases to affect the economy? Yeah, so um, when interest rates go up, uh, uh, deposit rates, um, mortgage rates, and even the cost of borrowing, so everything will go up. I mean, it'll be more difficult to obtain uh, credit. Um, people will find it harder to service their mortgage. Uh, consumers will pay more to obtain auto loans, mm. like to buy a car, and then. Uh, student loans, uh, maybe to go to university and even renovation loans. So late payment uh, fees on credit cards will also increase. 
And likewise, uh, on the corporate side, uh, companies will uh, find it harder to borrow money because the borrowing costs will go up and then uh, that will have an uh, impact on their earnings, their bottom lines uh, because of they have to pay higher financing expenses. So higher interest rates uh, will also lead to, as mentioned, a stronger local currency as investors will tend to allocate uh, capital to assets that have a positive uh, carry yield. Um, so a stronger currency will generally have a negative impact on those companies like exporters uh, because their goods are actually uh, less competitively uh, priced. So I think all in all, the consumer will have lower disposable income and this will have limit the growth in consumer spending. And because there is less consumption, uh, economic growth will also uh, slow down to a certain extent. Dexit, you are based in Singapore and I understand your, your expertise is on the Singapore market. So how do you see all of this affecting the Singapore, um, the Singapore banks and the Singapore economy? Yeah, okay. So maybe I'll address the point on the Singapore banks first. So higher interest rates are actually good for uh good for banks. Mm-hmm. I mean, intuitively, uh banks will be able to charge higher loan rates and collect higher interest related incomes. So the consumer will pay more to obtain uh loans and they will also pay uh, higher rates to service their existing loans. So this will translate to higher profits for banks. So good thing for banks and of course, this is uh, assuming that uh, default rates uh, stay low and loan loss provisions uh, will also remain uh, small. And then the bank's uh, loan book, their asset quality uh, does not deteriorate uh, too much. Um, on the impact of how it will affect the economy, I think it's more difficult to predict how mm-hmm. uh, high interest rates will affect the economy. But if, I mean, if you look at the consensus right now, your projections... Uh, the official estimate for the Singapore economy is uh, for about 3 to 5% growth uh, this year. And this is lower than the 6 to 7% uh, GDP growth for 2021. Um, and then looking at the MES, uh, inflation uh, estimates is about 1.5% to 2.5% uh, for this year. And that should suggest that inflation should moderate uh, this year. And how much did inflation grow in 2021, last year? Yeah, I think um, inflation, uh, I think the forecast is about 2.3% uh, last year. So I think uh, so inflation should go down uh, this year. I mean, given that the one uh, that they are expecting a 1.5% to 2.5% in 2022. So we, I, I think I, we will, I suspect that we will see a drop uh, in inflation once interest rates start to go up. Uh, of course, there are other factors that uh, are affecting economic growth. Mm. So uh, besides interest rates, which is monetary policy, there, there is also uh, we also have to consider uh, fiscal policy considerations on how it will affect the economy. So um, of course, that we'll have more color uh, when the Singapore budget is announced uh, in February. And I think uh, most economies are expecting uh, the implementati- implementation of a wealth tax and we could even see a higher uh, goods and services tax. So they're probably going to increase it from 7% to maybe 9%. Yeah. Um, well, Dex, we just discussed the macro picture. And now, you know, if you were to look more into an investor's portfolio, um, it's not uncommon for many to think of bonds as a safer part of their portfolio. But, you know, sometimes they do find that when a stock market gets unruly, then some of these bonds get 
a little wobbly as compared to, you know, the kind of stability they thought it was going to offer. Um, and one of the single greatest concerns to bondholders is inflation. Um, and when prices start to rise, actually many investors may prefer stocks to bonds because, you know, they, they tend to offer higher returns in that sense. Um, and while we faced this question um, of an inflationary environment early in 2021, we've now come back to it again. With the cost of living ticking up, like you mentioned, you know, even your renovations, the, the cost of getting a car, all of that is going up. Um, and we've got faster than expected um, rate hikes. We've got strong CPI growth numbers. Looking at what's ahead, do you have any advice on how investors can better prepare themselves or their portfolios in this inflationary environment? Yeah, um, yeah investors can actually prepare themselves uh, by looking for investments or even including uh, assets in their portfolios that will appreciate faster than inflation. So mm. uh, if you look at uh, the headline number, the CPI number, the inflation number for Singapore in November, it was uh, 3.8%. So that should uh, be the minimum threshold for for future returns. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, so you can use that as a threshold and to like choose what kind of assets to include in your portfolio. And if you're going to see uh, inflation lingering around this level, I think it would not make sense to own things uh, which have uh, yielding or returning lower than 3.8%. Um, Long-term government bonds are actually very sensitive to uh, interest rates uh, as well as some certain investment-grade uh, bonds. So investors who own uh, long-term uh, government bonds, especially those maturing like in 10 years or more, uh, should consider like switching to other alternatives. So because uh, these long-term matur- uh, maturities uh, may these bonds with long-term maturities may actually fall in the context of uh, sharp interest rate moves. So um, investors should actually reduce the overall pop- duration of their portfolio and uh, overweight uh, something more short-term, higher-yielding bonds, uh, maybe from issuers with uh, healthy balance sheets, uh, stable recurring uh, cash flows, and also have good access to capital. I mean, that's everybody's dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big ask. I mean, it's very rarely you will see a high-yielding bond issuer with mm-hmm. a high, healthy balance sheet, uh, stable uh, recurring uh, cash flow and uh, good access to capital. So, it, But in fact, I mean, in the reality is that um, most high-yield bond issuers have uh, lumpy cash flows, mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> just enough uh, balance sheets and they're actually very dependent on uh, bank capital. So it takes a bit of effort to actually uh, look at these uh, high yield uh, bond issuers because they tend to be uh, less uh, forthcoming with their cash flow uh, projections. So I think small details also matter and I mean if you want to invest in high yields, I mean it's always good to like, look at the uh, maintain a good relationship with the investor relations and like, to keep up with the corporate developments of the company. Yeah. So well, I mentioned, you know, that was everybody's dreams. Um, mm. Do you have any names on hand that you could share with us? Yeah, um, I think on hand, I mean, within the SGD space, uh, we can think of uh, SPL Corporation, uh, Maxi Cash, uh, Tuang Sing, uh, Oxley. So, I mean, we've written some articles on these mm. uh, issues. You can actually uh, refer to these articles on the website. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so, Dexter, here's the big question. Um, can bonds really help us beat inflation? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
high yield bonds can mm. actually uh, beat inflation. I mean, you don't really need to, like most people, they will invest in commodities or even growth stocks to give you a higher than inflation uh, return. So, uh, and then there's also an example, distress bonds. So distress bonds can definitely give you a higher than uh, inflation return. <laughs> I mean, historically, uh, I mean, these bonds, I mean, there were instances whereby they were like trading at 45 cents on the dollar. And this was exactly what happened to the um, 8% 2022 uh, unsecured uh, notes uh, issued by Co International. So what happened during that time was that the issuer uh, called back the bonds uh, due to its uh, strong financial performance um, on the back of uh, sharply high, higher rising uh, coal prices and uh, better quarterly results. So of course, I mean, if you invest in distressed bonds, these distressed bonds have a higher uh, risk of default and it's definitely not suitable for all uh, investors. Some investors have higher risk tolerances and they're able to yeah. have a higher risk appetite. Yeah. yeah, so that was what I was thinking as well. I mean, while distressed bonds and, you know, the the potential of, I mean, the kind of potential returns you can get if they do recover, I mean, that's really attractive. But do you have any other examples, situations that perhaps um, may not involve distress bonds? Yeah, I think there are like high yield bonds that uh, pay uh, higher than inflation coupons. So some of these high yield bonds can be trading at uh, around par, which is around 100 or maybe mm-hmm. slightly uh, below par. And then if you buy these bonds and then if you hold them to maturity, uh, then you definitely get a higher than inflation uh, total return uh, once they mature. Of course, I'm assuming that these bonds uh, uh, do not default. Um, and you can use the bond um, the bond selector tool on Bond Supermart to actually uh, find these bonds. So it's, it's a very useful website and you can uh, find Thank you. These. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> and you can actually find them. Uh, so these are higher, find the higher yielding bonds uh, which can give you a high return. So some, some of these high yield bonds are actually found within the Asian uh, US dollar space. Uh, at this moment, uh, we think that there's actually some value uh, within the sector. So in contrast to the hawkish tones and interest uh, rate hikes, uh, f- um, expectations set by major central banks, uh, China has actually lowered their interest rates and their reserves uh, requirements uh, ratio recently. So that is, uh, they're becoming more accommodative. Uh, and then we think that um, there's also some policy uh, announcements recently that uh, distress uh, property developers could actually sell their assets to some good quality companies. Mm. So that should help uh, alleviate some of the funding stress uh, for these uh, property developers. So, Dexter, do you have any recommendations on the type of bonds that um, investors can look to to include into their portfolio to better safeguard their interests? Yeah, um, investors can actually prepare their fixed income portfolios uh, for higher rates uh, given and they can look for uh, diversification. So some of our ideas uh, from our house is that uh, we you can consider uh, inflation hedged bonds, mm. uh, floating rate bonds, uh, short duration bonds, and even uh, Chinese government bonds. So within, I think among the different corporate uh, fixed income sectors, we think that the higher yielding debt, the AT1s, so these are AT1s that are coming from banks. So I mentioned banks earlier. So higher interest rates will definitely boost the total income at banks. And then 
uh, these AT1s with their higher uh, reset reference rates and abundant capital banks are likely to redeem uh, their perpetual notes at their uh, corresponding call dates. So I think in real estate, uh, because real estate is also a bulk of the real corporate bond uh, issuers, we prefer issuers that have uh, that are more focused on uh, industrial and retail properties uh, compared to those that are more focused on residential. Um, if you look at around us, I think there are more uh, crowds at the shopping malls and ah, shows that yes, yeah, yes, and consumers. They're, they're yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, if you go to shopping malls now, there's a lot of people who are shopping and consumers actually want to eat at restaurants and they want to purchase, uh, they want to have some in-store experience. Mm. Uh, so I think hybrid work is also uh, here to stay. So the demand for e-commerce and likewise, uh, the subsequent uh, demand for industrial and logistic estates will still stay healthy. And then um, for China, if China continues to ease a monetary policy, investing in Asian high yield and maybe Asian investment grade will also make sense. Um, the environment is, uh, however, still, uh, I think, a bit uh, edgy, a bit volatile. So mm-hmm. I think uh, we still need to be mindful of the risks uh, moving yeah. forward. So, yeah, I think yeah, one, I think once the Fed is done with hiking rates, then we maybe can look at other uh, high yield issuers from like India or maybe Indonesia. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Then you know that's something that we can look at further down the road. Although that's probably like three three years to go. Mm-hmm. Um. So thank you for joining us today, Dexter. Um. And here is to beating inflation with our well structured portfolios. Thank you. This episode was recorded on the twelfth of January, twenty twenty two. It was brought to you by Bond Supermart. I'm Sarah Chia, and our guest speaker with us today is Dexter Tan. Senior Fixed Income Analyst at IFAS Singapore. Follow Bond Supermart on Twitter, Facebook and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website www.bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.